Welcome back to the F3 Gateway Podcast, yep. where we talk about the headlines, the happenings, and the hymns of the F3 Gateway Mega Region. My name is Brick, and I am joined once again by my partner in Grow Rock. We'll call him Kramer. Kramer, welcome again one more time, fresh off of Grow Rock 30, Plainfield, Illinois. You're looking awfully well rested up for having just been through an awful lot of torture yeah brick well this one uh, kind of feels natural to me i mean this for me is grow ruck number five i get it at this point but these grow rucks they're not about me they're not about you they're certainly not about you and so it's just it's going to be an absolute pleasure to be able to talk with the guys who for several of them are being able to go through it for the first time. We heard from Gumbo about his grow ruck experience earlier on an episode of the, this podcast and just being able to hear a little bit more insight from a couple more guys. Just, it just warms my cold, dead heart. You wait, you actually have a heart. That's, that is news. That's breaking news on this podcast <laughs> right now that you actually have a heart, but I, I got to use the human anatomy parts to make it make sense to everybody else. This could very quickly go spiral down a thread we don't want to go down when you start talking about human body parts. Anyway, as Kramer alluded to, we have some very special guests on this week's edition of the podcast. Want to give a shout out to Nine Lives, Skivvies, Pop-Tart, and Mule, who were all a part of the St. Charles contingent that went up to Plainfield for Grow Ruck. Gentlemen, welcome to the F3 Gateway Podcast. Give us a hearty eye or hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so, like as Kramer alluded to, his fifth grow ruck, my second grow ruck, the first timers this go around, uh, Skivvies and Pop-Tart Mule, I believe this is number two for you, correct? This is my number, number two, yeah. Number two. And then Nine Lives. I want to start with you, actually. Um didn't go under the log overnight. You had to get back into town for the transplant games and a meeting regarding that, which is very cool. We have that coming up. But you did something that was new to this grow ruck up in the Joliet, Illinois area, which was called the impact ruck. And 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 for those of the uninitiated in grow ruck, a grow ruck we can typically consist of a Friday night rally. I believe Gumbo called it a mixer, which sounded kind of sensual the way he put it like he was picking up karen karen's a double <laughs> coupon that he enjoys uh on friday night uh saturday morning a, a a massive f3 workout we call it the king builder uh grow school to follow and then new to this time as we mentioned nine lives you did the impact truck can you describe uh, uh what that was and what that was like absolutely so the impact rock is a miniature version of the grow ruck it's a four and a half five hour event that took place between noon and five uh one of the challenges was during the heat of the day uh we again just similar pack that you use it was 50 pounds had all those same similar things in it uh they did give us the option to reduce by three liters uh, but we did many of the same activities in fact the cadres were pretty much the same uh gentlemen that were with you that night we had uh cadre danny and uh uh, flight nurse and anaconda with us so they kind of take us through all those steps where we were doing exercises wearing rucks rucked around town we took three three individuals got to be a platoon leader i had the third and final uh 
section of our ruck as platoon leader. Very, very cool. And that was designed uh, from what I understand, and Kramer can fill in a little bit more on this, but that ruck was really designed for uh, folks that either couldn't make the overnight ruck or wasn't quite sure uh, if they wanted to step right into that. It was a good way to kind of get your feet wet from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, what I would throw in there, too, is that it, uh, you know, I think it's an awesome option to have. Uh, I didn't have the option to stay through Sunday, but still just the idea, somebody that's never done a grow ruck or anything even close to it, it was a great experience, at least for me. And I think it's hopefully they continue to do that. I could see that even being something done regionally throughout F3, um, just to give the people the taste of what a grow ruck could be. I think it's a, I think it was a good it was had a positive impact on me. It was very humbling is the word I walked away with. Very so cool. with, with that impact ruck, something just to reiterate from nine lives there is it's completely new. This was literally the very first beta test they ever ran with it. And it's just exciting to see that kind of opportunity continue to come up for new things across uh, F3 as a whole Four packs like the uninitiated and to grow rock nine lives right here. We had, I know, a couple of guys also who went for the impact ruck and did what they called a double tap. And they did the impact ruck and then also continued on into the overnight GTE ruck portion of this event as well. So this is not just something that is going to be a little warm up. This is not just something that's going to be a little taster get your feet wet for guys who want to be able to do it. that can also just really add to that much more additional challenge and push if you want to be able to show to yourself or help your brothers along with you that there's that much more that you can do that your limits are a lot further than they that you think that they are and it's it's just a beautiful thing to have that much more opportunity to really embrace the suck most definitely i mean speaking of embracing the suck uh, i want to bring in our two rookies now we got pop tart and we've got skivvies boys uh you guys probably will start with pop tart first but your story pop tart a little bit unique uh within like i would say a week and a half two weeks uh before grow rock you got talked into this whole ordeal found the set of equipment and and and, and away you go so can you kind of describe your timeline and then what your thoughts were once you actually got under the log? Uh, for sure. So literally it was one week. Uh, we were on the Saturday morning ruck out of bums and we were talking about it. They're like, everybody's like, Oh, are you doing grow ruck? Everybody was like, no, we're not doing it this year. Maybe next year, whenever St. Louis or St. Charles hosts there or puts in to host, hopefully the next grow ruck next year. And it was kind of like, that's that cowbell had his, uh, Cardinals game tickets on sale for that next weekend, which was the weekend of Grow Ruck. And I was literally talking to him of saying, like, hey, I need to pick up some tickets from you. And so I get home from the beatdown in about, uh, I don't know, within an hour or so, my best man from my wedding texts me. So a little backstory here, quick one, is IEH Tim down in Jeffco for their Imperial launch, which meets at an AO that meets at 4.30 in the morning. I didn't get to make it to his first uh, uh, EH because we were actually in the hospital with my youngest one. And so we make, we joked because he EH'd me for GTE 30 and I EH'd him for F3 overall in general. So he goes, Hey, I'm, 
I, I earned that's him a, a fair, month. That's a fair thing right there. <laughs> it was a little bit, uh, I don't know, the uh, rail rook was a lot more difficult, but I guess it was easy to EH. But So he got uh, him of the month for Jeffco, basically laid out every excuse that he wanted for, that he could, and told his wife about it. And she's like, you know, don't be a pussy, <laughs> do it. <laughs> So he, wow. he hit me up. He goes, uh, you, you need to do this with me. And I'm like, uh, all right. So I, I hit brick up and basically within, I don't know, by 12 o'clock on Saturday, I'm, I think I had all the equipment secured or at least offered up, maybe not in my possession, but um, that's just shows you the power of our uh, brotherhood of people willing to loan out their equipment and uh, get it all filthy and nasty. So that was one week out and I all had all the excitement. And then about two days later, I was like, what the crap did I just get myself into? And to take that thread on just a little bit, Pop-Tart, what I, I'd love to ask now is you came into this without thinking about it a ton, even really training for it a ton. What was your experience like through the whole night? Did you, did it did it just completely suck being un- unprepared for this or was that a little bit of an advantage in your, uh, in, I your think, in your thought i think i got to pick enough brains of saying you know of kind of what to expect as far as the welcome party uh the impact ruck which was mentioned was new because i was like wait a minute we got to do this four-hour thing and it wasn't it's not required it was optional as Graham mentioned, some people double tapped. I was not one of those crazies. Um, and so, I don't know, they call them C-Sops for a reason. And you just don't think about it. You just do it. Um, I think that comes naturally with my personality. And I thought to myself, well, I've been rucking on the regular at our at our AOs before. And I'm doing the beatdowns on the regular. So just compared to the 24-hour event, which I didn't do all 24 hours, this has got to be somewhat similar, right? And I think that's just the mentality that I carried into it. It was most definitely the uh, hardest thing that I've ever done physically. Um, I had previously rucked with 105 pounds for three miles, which uh, is probably another story for another time because um, I've lost back in 2018, I was 360 pounds and I'm, I'm, I have maintained about 100 to 110 pound weight loss for the last three years. And so that's kind of the way that I gained the mentality of if I can do that, then I can do this. Well, that's just absolutely phenomenal that you're able to pull that off within a week leading up to this event. It's very similar to, uh, in a lot of ways, to Baby Shark's tale for his first 24-hour beatdown of I'll come for a few and ended up doing all 24 hours. It's just it's absolutely phenomenal to be able to see not only all the men rally behind you to get yourself prepped for it, but to actually be able to go through that event with relatively speaking, little training is absolutely a phenomenal feat. So if we're talking specifics, what, uh, what do you think was your either the most challenging or the most rewarding and hell, it could be very much both the same thing about this particular GTE for you. Um, gosh, I don't think I really, I had, I don't know, think I reached, I don't think I encountered that, um, the, the mental 
dark space that they talk about where you just mentally cannot do this any further. Um, I did hit a, a couple of physical roadblocks as far as cramping goes. Um, I was worried about my food and my snacks that I had taken and uh, pickle juice and whatnot. But a shout out to uh, him from Plainfield itself was Gopher. Um, we were pretty much paired up the entire time because we were the two tallest in our entire platoon. And I felt like every single time we got out from underneath that 120 pound sandbag, he was like, all right, you ready? Let's go back up front. And I'm like, didn't we just get out? Like I just, he was my, he was my push, man. And uh, I'm super thankful for him because there were times where my calf was cramping up and my hip was tight. And I'm just like this, I can't go on. And it was like, that was the first leg of the night um, before we even got under the logs. And then once we got under the logs, it was like another fire hit. And that dude is just a beast, man. And he kept me going all night long. Amazing story. Amazing story. Again, here on the F3 Gateway podcast, talking with Kramer Nine Live Skivvies, Mule, and Pop Tart about GTE 30. Uh, so, Nine Lives filled us in on the Impact Rock. Uh, Pop Tart filled us in on his excellent walk off deal. So, kind of at the midway point of this edition of the podcast, I want to bring in uh, Skivvies at this point. Uh, so, Skivvies, uh, home AO up here and uh, Braveheart and running with animals. And Skibbies, talk about how you decided that you were going to take on the challenge of Grow Ruck this year, how you got your equipment, and then once you got there, what was the experience like? Yep, yep. So uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, first off, got to start out, you know, got to holler, Red Platoon, who's motivated, baby? Let's go. Um, but it's kind of a weird story. So I went to running with animals is me and a uh, good buddy, Tex-Mex, you know, we're out there middle of a torrential downpour talking about it. And he mentioned that uh, you had talked him into signing up before he realized what it was. Um, and in that instance, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's probably not for me. And the next thing I By know, by the way, that's the best way to get someone to sign up for grow rock, get them to sign up where they don't realize what they're signing up for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of long, along those lines, he goes, dude, if I can do it, you can do it. Um, and I said, yeah, I don't know. So we ended up getting completely kiboshed out of the beat down because of lightning and things like that. So we went to coffee with Hobby Lobby, who's the site queue at running with animals kept talking about, it. he goes, dude, it's the worst thing you'll ever do, but you gotta go. Um, and I said, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was like, gotta figure out the gear thing. There's no way I'm dropping $400 on this. So next morning I show up to Braveheart on a Thursday morning go through the beat down and I, uh, hit up their site queue, right? Soap. And I go, Hey, soap, I know you got one of those bags. I know you've been talking about doing one. How much do they cost? What are we looking at? Um, and at the time soap was actually dealing with an injury. So he goes, dude, do it. Have all my gear. You take it all. Like, I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, yep. And I'm like, okay, well, I still got to ask my wife. So, but like, I'll let you know as soon as I know. So I go home, like, Hey, uh, talking to the end, I go, I kind of feel like I should do this. Uh, I've been talked into it. I found someone's gonna give me all the gear. What do you think? Completely thinking she's going to say no. And she goes, I mean, if you want to go get your ass kicked, I guess. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Um, and at that point I literally had no excuses outside of I'm going to chicken out. I don't want to do this. Uh, and I got, I had way too much pride to say, well, that can't be the reason I'm not doing this. So, um, yeah, it all kind of fell into place. Um, a lot of constant nudges and then just you know the 
the overarching support from soap to let me use all his gear. Cause without him, without him lending that stuff, um, I never would have been able to do this event mainly cause I wouldn't have been able to afford it. So a uh, huge, huge shout out there. Um, as far as the event goes, it was, it was a roller coaster. So uh, I think, I think it was pop tart and I we were having a conversation. We showed up on Friday and it's like, the first thing you do as men, when you walk into a room of men is you size up the other men to see if you belong with the other <laughs> men. Um, and so we had a whole conversation about like, do, you know, and it's, but it's a, it's a serious thing that men deal with, right? Do we belong? do we belong here with these men? And so um, we joked about it, you know, but ultimately it comes down. It's like, okay, you start to scan. You're like, am I able to do this? And then you start to look around and you think of yourself physically, you look at the other men physically and you're like, Hey, okay. Yeah, here we go. Let's do it. You know, I fit in. Here. You guys didn't look at Kramer, did you? No, no, you, you can't listen. He's a machine. He's a robot. He's over here talking about human body parts. Like, like they don't exist for him. So um I'm just surprised he doesn't try to attend every single one of these every year. Well, uh, I have to subsidize my events through other things. I only have like, just because I'm a machine doesn't mean I have as much time as I'd like. So there's, there's that. Yeah. But, I'm just wondering when yeah. you're going to switch from diesel back to electric. So. <laughs> Got a perpetual motion machine and maybe. Yeah, yeah. Just kinetic, like a, like a watch. Um, so on that note, you know, Saturday, King Builder, that was awesome. Just just to see um, them walk through some of those those vulnerabilities we face as men when we're trying to queue. You know, the, the people they're pulling up don't tend to be the most experienced, the one who have everything locked down. They're like, who's been here the least amount of time? Let's put you in front of 100 dudes. Um, shout out to uh, Pimp My Ride for being the guy who ran through the park. Um, and got oh, yeah. And joined us. Uh, saw he posted uh at one of the i think it's that three rivers location and uh looked like it was a doozy for his first one so that was awesome q school was huge um shout out to all the speakers whether it be urkel dark helmet um and bartman uh you guys you guys killed it uh scratch and win really powerful way to um talk in general and just about the impact that f3 has um shout out to every eh2 for what he did too because uh that's that's perseverance at its finest and picking up the six. So, um, but the actual event, right? What I call it is like you go to Q school and this is the first leadership style event I've ever been to where you actually get to apply what you learn and, you know, high stress, low visibility, however you want to put it, you have no choice. You don't get to run from it. You don't get to hide. Um, probably the most challenging thing was when I became platoon leader and I had to figure out how to put things under things, how to put these other hymns under these logs. Um, and I was like, Oh, perfect. Three squad leaders. All right, cool. Log one, log two, log three. Well, they did not have the same size men underneath them, which immediately started to flounder us. Um, we got passed our, our uh, cadre anaconda was like, you're really going to let them pass us. That's, that's how red platoon is going to go down. Um, he used some other words, but we'll keep it classy for the podcast. And I didn't, yeah, we, we, we don't, there's not enough room in the budget for a bleeper. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, ah, it's a free God. organization. Damn it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Beep. Uh, next thing you know, you know, we got passed and he's like, you better not lose sight of them. Fortunately, we didn't lose sight. We actually started to catch him. Um, we veered off and we got rid of the log or we got rid of two of the logs. And that was probably the most rewarding. And I'm still riding a high drinking the Kool-Aid from it the the way we worked as a team the way we evolved i mean i was a platoon leader 
Shout out to my boy Holes um, for uh, as the assistant PL. I mean, we were a tandem. We had known each other for three hours, four hours before this, right? Um, but it wasn't us. And that's, that's what I think. It wasn't me that made that team successful. It was the team buying into the things we were saying, um, me listening to them, what they need, how, when do we need it, um, and really just keeping that pulse, right? Uh, at that point, the biggest thing was, as my job, wasn't to carry a log. It was don't let anyone turn gray, right? You know, don't let anyone get to that dark spot. If someone's quiet, you stop, you talk to them, you keep working with them, you push them, you get them back to being motivated. Um, that evolution, we were a machine. Uh, we blew the other platoons out of the water, all love for them. But I mean, we were firing on all cylinders and that was hands down the coolest experience I've ever been a part of. So that's probably the most, uh, the most I'll say the most impactful is just that was a true moment where it's like you realize there's no way in God's green earth you do this by yourself right it takes the men around you to complete something that daunting um and that just bring that home right like it, it doesn't stop it grow ruck so red platoon baby red platoon <laughs> yeah gotta say skivvies seeing the fact that you were able to take the charge and being one of those platoons that you completely blew past as you were leading them as sour as it makes me personally to be losing in that kind of situation. One, it's not a race Two, It just makes me really, really proud of you and how you're able to get those men to be moving in such a fashion. That is something that takes time and effort and skill. And you were able to get that going after just a handful of hours. So mad props to you and your crew for being able to get that all put together. So great job, Skivvies. And as I say, and as you learn, like these events, they bring out that kind of best and the men that get out there and do them. So if you want to be able to see what it's like to be pushed to your limit and find that way to succeed, the GTE is going to be the way to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember I came home late on the couch, miserable, in pain, you know, blood blisters under toenails. My wife looks at me and goes, would you do another one? And I went, already on the books next year. Let's get it. So she's like, you're nuts. And I'm like, I, maybe I am. She's like, I'll have for a patch. And I'm like, yep, to you, just a patch. We're good. You just keep it there. But yeah, yeah, it's next one's not for me though. So speaking of patches, go ahead. I do want to give a mad props to Skivvies because he did fall into the platoon leader for the red platoon, which I was a part of, which was an absolute blessing. Um, by him and Holes, which was my best man in my wedding, who EH'd me for GTE 30. So I just want to tie all that together. But they were also the two newest F3 hymns of Red Platoon, and that's how they fell into those positions. Wow. Wow. That's how Uncle Rico was picking all our platoon leads and APLs as well. He said, all right, show of hands. Whose first GTE is it? A couple guys raised their hands. All right, you, your APL, you, your platoon lead. And it was that simple. So you guys aren't going to be able to hide when it comes time to uh, get up there and lead. We're going to make sure that you do it. We're going to see you fall flat on your face. And we're going to help you get back up on your feet and do it again. Aye. So I was kind of alluding to, uh, speaking of a patch, uh, the guy that will bring up here, Mule, second time to the go around of the GTE, uh, his patch went missing. After the patching ceremony, his patch went missing. 
found it underneath some pool toys in my wife's car. So Mule uh, almost did all of that flipping work for no patch. Mule, I, I'm curious, you and I both, this was our second time going through it. What was your biggest takeaway or what was the biggest differentiator between doing your first one and then doing this one? You know, I think the biggest, I was thinking about the here, listening to these guys talk about their first ones and how cool it is to do the first one and how it's the worst thing you're going to ever do. And I just remember showing up on Friday night, you know, we got there and seeing all the guys that were wearing their, their shirts from last year. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. I think that was pretty special to come back into it. You know, yeah, I lost the patch and stuff. We found it luckily. Um, but to know that a lot of the guys, this wasn't their first time, you know, they were coming back for more. So there was something about it with me, with them, that we were going to do it again. And it was kind of cool because we weren't doing it for the first time. And it didn't make it any easier that it was a second time by any means. Like, it was a little bit different. I mean, some of it, you know, understood the structure. Um, but I, I still don't think there's any way to really be ready for something like this. But going into an event and seeing a lot of guys that have the Grow Ruck shirt on from St. Louis and knowing that they went through it, through it last year with us, um, that was pretty cool. Um, I got to say, that was, I don't know if that was a highlight, but it was definitely going into it, not knowing what to expect as my second time. It was definitely cool to see the guys with the patches um, from a previous GTE and the shirts from last year in St. Louis. That was pretty tough last year. Um, but yeah, I guess going into it, that was, that was pretty a highlight for me, just realizing that, yeah, a lot of these guys are coming back here for a second time. Yeah, it was tough, but you know, you learn a lot of stuff about yourself and the people you're around when you're doing it. Aye, aye. Um, just, just really great stuff. So many good stories, I think, that come out of of these deals. Kramer now at number five. You've got a whole hand. Um, give us your thought process on what the evolution of this event has been. And, and and what should a guy that's listening to this podcast who's never done one really take away from what these guys have shared? So, yes, this is number five for me. It's not going to be my last. And it is definitely something that has, as you alluded to, evolved from the time of my first GTE, let alone the first GTE up until now. Uh, we started with much smaller groups and we have evolved to be able to host a hundred, almost 150 guys for these events. And we keep on looking to grow. We were originally partnered officially with go rock for these events. And now we're an organization that is entirely independently run through these processes. And it's a lot more focused and central on the man and the leadership that the man has to provide for his team and how that team supports him. That is so much of what is required for these events is the him to believe that he can step up and lead, believe in himself that he can do this as well as the support of every man that he is supposed to be leading saying that, yes, this man, he is in charge. I will listen to him. I will believe what he has to say. I will commit to his vision. I will be the good follower here because that is one of the toughest things as a guy not being in charge in an organization full of 
leaders that considering that is very specifically our aim is to become better leaders for our families, our communities, whatever the case specifically for you may be, and trying to be a good follower through these situations. It's not easy to be able to find that within yourself to just be the guy who's letting everything else go and listening to the men around you and uh, over top of you with your either squad lead or platoon lead, the cadre, whatever the heck the case may be. So being able to find that within yourself to be able to take charge when you're in charge and follow when you're being led. There are difficult things to be able to pull off. It's something that I've seen a lot of guys do through the entirety of my time here. I've seen a lot of guys fail to fully grasp it. And I've seen guys get kicked out of leadership positions. I've seen guys struggle and overcome. I've seen guys struggle and flounder. And then basically somebody else just kind of takes charge even if they're not technically in charge. And there's, there's a lot of different ways it can go, but it really depends on all the men around you. So for me personally, especially in this very particular grow rock, my objective was to not lead basically at all. I was trying to keep my mouth shut, which in those sorts of situations is difficult for me because I know Shocker. what I'm talking about and I've been here before and I want to help. But but, but the most help that I can provide for these guys is, as we said earlier, is like letting them fall on their face. Letting them figure out, like, man, that didn't work. Man, we're not getting good rotations under the log. We're not having guys of the same size get under uh, the same log at the same time. So things are getting real whomper jawed. People are getting snippy at each other. Platoons are passing each other and the catcher are calling them out on it. Like, there are a lot of things that can go wrong here. And my job was for me was not to take on that role of, all right, this is how we're going to fix everything is letting everybody else fail and helping them get back up on their feet so they can get up and try it again. And so I was doing that for the entirety of this event as best I could. I was taking as much of the weight as I could. So that way those guys would be more fresh, be able to make the smart choices for the good of the platoon. And it was just, it was awe-inspiring to see so many men struggle and try and get better throughout the entirety of these events through different roles throughout the whole weekend. And the fact that Blue Platoon started with 30, ended with 30, that makes me damn proud. We're coming up here on time, gentlemen, and I think we could all just share cool. we could all just share war stories upside down, left and right. Uh, around the horn, nine lives, skivvies, pop tart, and then mule Kramer, you and I'll wrap up. I'd like one word that you would use to describe the entire weekend. Like I said, nine lives, we'll start with you. I've, I've said it once. I'll say it again. It was humbling experience for me. Skivvies. Uh, not one word. Cause I can't do that. Failure equals success, right? Growth mindset. So, Peter, <clears throat> Pop Tart. He's having trouble with the muting feature of it. Yes, maybe his, bad. maybe his word was silence. Nope. Uh, no, I was not silent during the event for sure. I was one of the ones trying to figure it out. Uh, you a screamer, Pop Tart. He is. Ah. Oh, no. He yelled, he yelled at me. 
uh, enlightening. Well done. Mule. I would say uh, motivating, I guess, in one word. Kramer. Forging. And I will end up with heartening because it was very heartening to see each and every one of you at various points in the weekend, step up, lead, do the things that you needed to do, put aside the pain, put aside the distractions and ultimately achieve mission success. I actually got very scared when I heard Skivvy's yelling at his platoon when the white platoon rolled on in at the end. Uh, gentlemen, again, got nine lives, Skivvy's, Pop-Tart, Mule, all joining us here on this edition of the F3 Gateway Podcast. We appreciate them very much. Uh, Kramer, you and I have to get ready. Tour de St. Charles. That's we'll be coming right. up here pretty soon. August 20th, we are going to hit six brand new AOs, six different AOs than what we did last year. And by the way, at the end, we're going to launch our very first region from this region up here with the boys of F3 St. Charles City, working title. We'll take on the flag and become their own region. I'm awfully excited, buddy. Oh, absolutely. This event is going to be phenomenal. Can't wait to share with every single one of you hymns that's going to be able to be coming out to join us. Again, that is August 20th. We're going to be starting at 4.30 in the morning. There are details on Slack. It's going to be phenomenal. Come for one beatdown, come for all six, or anything in between. Love to see you guys out there with us. 